All right, how are you guys doing? Good. Hope you guys are having an amazing uh, Sunday, and I'm so honored to be here uh, with y'all. Um, oh, y'all don't, I, y'all don't say y'all, I forgot, I'm sorry. You guys, I'm honored to be here with you guys. I'm going to practice that, the whole message, but I'll say y'all plenty of times, I promise you. It's bad habit. So, uh, it's an honor to be here with you guys, and uh, I love this church, I love your pastor, uh, Pastor Tim has been a real source of encouragement for me, and it's been so fun to watch him. Just, uh, I just, he, I just think he's a great father. I think he's a great grandpa. I like, I, I've learned a lot from him. He's much, much, much older than I am, and so um, he just has a wisdom that I don't have yet. And so, uh, but I, seriously, he's been a, a real source of encouragement. And uh, I just, I don't know. There's something about pastors like Pastor Tim that unbelievably gifted, great speakers. You know. God has like gifted them uh, in unbelievable ways but at the same time they just don't take themselves too serious and that really for me just kind of describes Pastor Tim and uh, so you guys are just uh, so blessed to have him and I also want to say this about your church because um, I've followed your church and followed the things that you guys are doing here locally and around the world and it's really amazing and I just want to say I think sometimes when you're a part of something that's as special as this place it's real easy to start to kind of take that for granted and it's real easy to start to think like oh well this is just the way all churches are right Um, and you need to know like this is not normal like this church is not normal Uh, the things you guys do are not normal and uh, like uh, you know uh, support that and encourage that and uh, and love it and enjoy it but whatever you do never take that for granted uh, what it's like to be a part of just a life-giving church that's making a difference locally and around the world uh, you guys really are world changers and so thanks for your ministry thanks for your service thanks for the way you guys give and just make this place such a a really special place uh, yeah you should clap for that so uh, today we're going to talk a little bit about fear. You guys have been in this series called Insomnia and uh, today we're going to talk a little bit. I'm, I'm actually going to tell you one of my favorite stories uh, from scripture and um, there's this book uh, that I wrote, What Keeps You Up at Night and I, when I started this book I thought it was going to be a book primarily about fear and fear is something I've kind of struggled with throughout my life um, and it really kind of took a turn for me as often happens when you're writing a book or you're writing a message that you start kind of thinking you're going to write about one thing and then it kind of changes and the book is still about fear but the big change for me is that it became a whole lot more also about faith it's really interesting if you look through scripture uh, the most common command that God gave us is two words it's fear not God said that more to mankind than he did anything else throughout all of scripture fear not when Jesus was on earth he said do not be afraid more than he said anything else. He said it 15 times in the four gospels. And so you start to see like this is a major theme of scripture. This idea of don't be afraid. Of fear not. Have courage. And so then you kind of have to ask well why is that such a major theme? Like wh- why is it that God and then Jesus would say to us more than anything else. Don't be afraid. Fear not. Have courage. And I think the reason is, and I, honestly, I don't know like this, that this is right, but this is what I think. I think that the reason that that is such a major theme and that God says that more than he says anything else to us is because he knew that fear 
would be the primary reason, be the primary thing that keeps most of us from doing whatever it is that God has asked us to do. And that's why it's such a just common theme throughout scripture. And so just to give you an example, this is John 14, 1. It says this, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. And so the real theme that you'll see is that the focus is not so much on how can I fear less. The real focus in scripture is always on how can I trust God more. In other words, most of you don't have a fear problem. I mean, you might. I mean, there's a couple of you that might legitimately have a fear problem. But for most of us, it's not that we have a fear problem. What we have is a faith problem. And so the focus on scripture when it comes to combating fear and having courage is always going back to this idea of faith. So, if you have a Bible with you, I want you to go to Matthew chapter 14. If you don't, don't worry. All the scriptures we'll go over will be on the screen. But Matthew chapter 14, one of my favorite stories. It's a story of uh, Peter attempting to walk on water. Um, but I want to kind of set this up for you before we get into this particular story. Matthew 14, here's what's going on before Peter attempting to walk on water. Uh, Jesus has just done a really cool miracle. And that he fed the 5,000. So he feeds 5,000. And uh, he does it with just a couple fish and a couple loaves of bread. So it's a big deal. Everybody loves that miracle because everybody loves to eat. And so uh, rumors start to spread that Jesus would make a great king. And it kind of seems like from scripture that the disciples kind of thought, yeah, that, that would be a great idea, that he, Jesus should be king. And so, you know, if he can, if he can feed 5,000 people with a couple fish and a couple loaves of bread, Imagine what he could do for an army. Imagine what he could do for a kingdom. And so uh, Jesus kind of has to step in and say, no, I'm not going to be that kind of king. And so he has to say to the disciples, give up your like ideas of power and glory. I need you to trust me. And I need you to get in this boat. We're going to get out of here. And so that's where we kind of pick up this story. And uh, what I want to do today is kind of read through this story. And I'm going to give you six things. Six things that every water walker needs to know. All right, before they get out of the boat. All right, so uh, let's pick this up. This is Matthew chapter 14, verse 22. It says, immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and to go ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on the mountainside by himself to pray. And later that night, he was there alone. And the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Now, let me give you the first thing every water walker needs to know is this. Number one, anything that God leads you to do will initially involve some level of fear. All right? Anything that God leads you to do initially will involve some level of fear. What the disciples are about to learn, and this has been a hard lesson for me, uh, what they're about to learn is just because you're obedient to Jesus does not mean that you will be spared adversity. Anybody in here had to learn that lesson, right? Just because you're obedient to Jesus does not mean that you'll be spared adversity. Who tells them to get onto the boat? Jesus does. What's the very next thing that happens? They sail into a storm. You know, right into the middle of a storm. Now, what I believe is that Jesus knew the disciples needed to know Jesus in a new way. And you know what? I, I really wish that um, there were different ways that I could grow my faith other than adversity and other than storms but when I look back in my life the, the, the most growth that's happened for me the times where I am most dependent on Jesus and I'm really seeking after him are the times when I'm in the midst of adversity or I'm going through the midst of a storm that's when we lean into Jesus and that's what's happening for the disciples 
pick up here in this next verse, verse 25. It says, shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them. So shortly before dawn, which means what? The storm has been going on all night. It's kind of a reminder that sometimes the storms that we get stuck in, they don't disappear real quick, right? Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Here's the second thing you got to know if you're going to be a water walker, and that's the greatest purposes of your life cannot be discovered while you're hiding. All right, now, so think about this. Think about the story. The boat represents safety and security. Right? The boat is safety and security. The storm um, is, is not. The storm is adversity. The storm is a challenge. Um, the wind is strong and the waves are high and it feels unsafe. These are the moments in your life where you go from your comfort zone. We all have that comfort zone. You have to step outside of that comfort zone into that moment that you feel like you're losing all sense of control. Now, everybody has a boat. And the boat in your life just represents whatever it is that you find safety and security in apart from God. All right, so maybe your boat is finances. And if you really boil it down, what gives you safety and security is money. And as long as things are okay money-wise, then you feel safe and secure. And that's where you find your safety and security apart from God. For some people, it's a title. Like they, it's a title. It's a certain amount of power that they have that gives them safety and security. For some people, it can be as simple as a geographical location. It could be your safety and your security. So you're like, hey God, I'm here. I'm available. I'll do whatever you ask me to do. As long as it's within 20 miles of here, right? Because this is like, this is my safety and this is my security. So everybody has that. And that, I think it's an important question for us all to ask ourselves. And you may not be able to answer it in this moment. But what is your boat? Right? What is it that you look to for safety and security apart from God himself? Um, so in this case... What happens is the disciples are hiding, right? And they're hiding on this boat and they're scared to death. And that's where they're trying to find safety and security in this moment. You get to verse 29. And this is Jesus' response to Peter. Who Peter says, hey, if it's really you, Jesus, tell me to come to you on the water. So verse 29, come, he said. And then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came towards Jesus. So here's the third thing. Uh, that you need to know if you're going to be a water walker. And that is to truly follow Jesus. You have to renounce comfort as the ultimate value of your life. Um, now don't wig out on me. I'm not saying you have to give up comfort. Alright. But you have to give up comfort as the ultimate value of your life. Um, which uh, now is a good time to kind of ask ourselves like. Why would you even risk it in the first place? Why would Peter risk getting out of the boat and stepping out into the midst of that storm? Why risk it? And I think there's some good logical reasons why you should risk it, why you should take steps of faith in your life. First of all, that's how we grow. I mean, it's, it's how we grow spiritually, is stepping into the unknown and trusting that God is going to take care of us. So it's how we grow. Uh, it's how we develop our faith. 
Faith is like a muscle. So the more times you step out in faith and experience faith, the larger that muscle is going to get. You're exercising that muscle. Uh, I think it's how we develop callings and promptings in our life. It's how you find out what your purpose is, is to take some risk, try some things where you have to trust God in a big way. I think all those are good reasons for why you should get out of the boat, why you should take a risk, why you should step out in faith. Um, I think there are a lot of reasons why Peter got out of the boat that night. But I think there's one that trumps them all. And I think the main reason that Peter got out of that boat is because the water is where Jesus was. And what Peter had figured out in his life is that he, what he wanted more than anything else was just to be in the presence of Jesus. What he wanted more than anything else in his life, more than what he, more than he wanted safety, more than he wanted security, he knew he wanted to be with Jesus. And so he stepped out into the water. Um, back in Nashville, uh, where I live, Nashville is the home of country music too. I don't know if you know that. Any country music fans? Any? Yep. All right. Uh, any Keith Urban fans? Keith Urban? Yep. My wife too. She thinks he is just incredibly good looking. Um, I, don't, I don't know if you know this, but in real life, he's actually about two inches shorter than me, um, which is good news. So, uh, just kidding. I'm just kidding. He's anyway. I'm sorry. That's it's, it's a whole different uh, topic, uh, different message. I don't even know how that would be a message, but I'm sure we could make one out of it. So, country music um, in Nashville. I also have I have three boys, and so uh, they. They are Jet, Gage, and Brewer. And these boys are, they're just wild. Like, I'm, some of you uh, have kids. Some of you maybe are grandparents. Hey, you know how, like, sometimes you'll be out in public and, like, your kids are being so well-behaved that complete stranger would just, like, come up to you and be like, your kids, like, what is your secret? Like, your kids are so well-behaved. That's never happened to me. <laughs> Not one time has that happened. So, uh, anyway, um, they, they are. They're just wild. I'll tell you. You want to hear a quick story? It has nothing to do with the message. Uh, just to give you an idea of like a snapshot of my life. So um, I had my two oldest boys, Jet and Gage, uh, at the pool, and um, like they were at this age where. They couldn't like completely swim on their own, but like they're, they're getting close, right? So as long as they have floaties on, you don't have to watch them every second while you're at the pool. And so we're at our neighborhood pool and um, they're doing fine. And I'm reading the book. It's a Sunday afternoon, so I'm trying to just kind of chill out a little bit after church. And uh, I'm reading this book. It's a Christian book, if that helps this story at all, all right? Um, but I'm reading the book. My son Gage, the middle one, has come up to me probably five times and told me that he has to, to go pee. And so it's kind of, it's a real pain at our pool because uh, there's this like pool house, but it's, you have to go up this little hill and take him up there. And it's like, so he's, he's like five times I've taken him up to the pool house, all right? And it's very disruptive to the whole like chilling out by the pool, reading a good Christian book. So um, this is the sixth time. And he's like, dad, I have to go. I'm like, Gage, you're killing me, man. Like I'm just trying to relax. And so I said, come here. He gets real close. I said, hey, um, this one time, why don't, why, this one time, just, just pee in the pool. Um, and y'all, I know that was wrong. Like, you don't have to send me an email, like, about that. Like, I know that was wrong. Uh, I know y'all are never going to invite me, like, to do a parenting conference here or anything like that. But, so I was like, just one time, just, just pee in the pool, right? Let's go back to my Christian book. Pool's packed, right? These are our friends, neighbors, people we go to church with, right? I'm just reading a book, and um, 30 seconds later, I hear 
these gasps coming from all around the pool. Everybody's like, <gasps> I look up from my book and there's my son Gage standing on the edge of the pool. <laughs> with his trunks around his ankles. <laughs> peeing into the pool. And y'all, I know I live in Tennessee, but we don't even do that there, okay? Like, so I throw down the really good Christian book. I run over there as fast as I can, right? And I kind of get down like on my knees, kind of, you know, level with them, talk to them. And uh, like, it's complete silence at this point. Complete silence at the pool. Everybody's just kind of staring and watching. There's one kid in the pool trying to get out as fast as he can, right? And so I'm like, I said, Gage, buddy, like, um... You can't do that. He looks right back at me. As loud as he can, he said, Dad, you told me to pee in the pool. <laughs> so, um, we, we haven't been back since. But, um, so that's just a snapshot of my life. And that's my good kid, all right? So, the brewer is the one that's the, like the real handful. And so, uh, that's our youngest. And so, we were going to have like four or five. And, and then we had brewer. And we're like, no, we're good. That's, that's enough. So, um, one night, I've got all three of the boys at home. And, and my wife's out on a well-deserved um, like girls' night out. And um, because brewer's high maintenance, she kind of have to find things. Just like, the, like keep them happy for a while, right? At least until mom gets home. And so, he loves those little fruit snack things. Um, you know what I'm talking about? The little packets of fruit snack. There's no fruit in them, but they're in the shape of fruit, which makes you feel better. And so I'm like just giving them just one after another. I don't even know how many I gave him. I just know that we ran out, okay? All of them. And so when we run out, like he wants more. I'm like, we don't have any more. And he just freaks out on me, right? And so he's throwing a fit, not like a cute fit, like a, like a screaming fit. He's on the ground. Like, and so I pick him up and I'm just kind of not really holding him. I'm kind of constraining him. And he starts to scream, I want my mommy. I want my mommy. Like over and over. And I'm like, I want your mommy too. Trust me. And um, so he's just screaming it over and over. And like, for some reason, like the thought just came to my mind. I was like, you know what? In this particular instance, he actually does not want his mommy. He wants what he thinks his mommy might give him, which would be more fruit snacks. And um, in that like exact instance, I felt like God just impressed on me and was like, hey, Pete, doesn't that so remind you of your relationship with me? Because so much of your so-called prayer life, so much of your so-called like worship, so much of your so-called crying out for me is not because you want me. It's because you want more of what you think I might give you. And it was so convicting to me because... You know, I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not there yet. I want, to, I want to get to a place where I can honestly say, if God does not give me one more thing, I still realize that I owe him everything. Because that's the truth. But there's something inside of us where a lot of us want to settle for a life like from Jesus. Like what can Jesus give us? We want a life from Jesus, but we don't want a life with Jesus. What Peter knew was it wasn't about what he could get from Jesus. It was about being with Jesus. And what he wanted more than anything else in his life was just to be with Jesus. And so even in the midst of the fear, he steps out of the boat and he's out on the water because that's where Jesus is. You get to verse 30. It says... 
When he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Here's the fourth thing you got to know if you're going to be a water walker and that is that the fear will never go away. It'll never go away. Um, there used to be this really popular bumper sticker that said, uh, no Jesus, no fear. It was a t-shirt too. Christians, we love t-shirts. And so um, that was like a, a big deal for a while. And it's, it's a cute little, you know, play on words, but it, it's theologically incorrect. That's not true, right? You, you can know Jesus and still experience fear in your life. And the reason that is, is because fear and growth are always a package deal. And I wish there, I, I wish there wasn't. I wish something else was packaged with growth. But for the most part, it's fear and it's growth. And they are a package deal. And so what I've seen in my own life spiritually, in some of the seasons where my, my spiritual life just kind of got stale or dry, it's often because I'm wired in such a way that I want clarity. Right? I, I, I just do. Like, I, before I go into a situation, before I make a decision, I want to know how it's going to turn out. I, I, I want guarantees in my life. And a lot of you guys are wired that way too. I want to know the last step before I take the first step. But that's not the way faith works. And I think that there's kind of a lie that we bought into for a long time as Christians. And that was that we thought the more spiritually mature that you became as a Christian, the more clarity you would have about life. I, I think that's not true. I think the more spiritually mature you become, the less clarity you need about life. Because you get to a place where you don't have to have all the answers. Right? You, you don't. You don't have to have answers to all your questions because you trust and you believe that there is a good God who has a plan and he has a purpose for your life. And if he calls you to step out if he calls you to take the first step, even if you don't know what the last step is, you can trust him in that moment. And I think a lot of us never get around to the beginning because we're so concerned about how it's all going to end. And we miss so many of these moments in our life. Verse 31 says, uh, immediately, so Peter sinks, immediately Jesus reached out his hand and he caught him. And he said, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? Um, here's the fifth thing you got to know if you're going to be a water walker and that is that there are things worse than failure. Um, failure does not shape you. How you respond to failure will shape you. Um, now, did Peter fail? Like technically, yes. But I, like honestly, I think that I've gotten this story wrong for most of my life. Um, I, I preached on this passage for years. And for me, always the main point was, hey, keep your eyes on Jesus. And if you don't keep your eyes on Jesus, it's all going to fall apart. Keep your eyes on Jesus or you're going to sink. And that wasn't wrong, but I think I was missing the real point of this story. I don't think the real point of the story is keep your eyes on Jesus or you're going to sink. You're going to, it's all going to fall apart. Um, did Peter fail? Yes. I mean, yes. He took his eyes off Jesus, right? He got distracted. He started to focus again on the adversity, on the storm, and he sank. So technically, he did fail. But you know what? I think there were 11 other bigger failures that night who stayed in the boat. And they failed privately, and they failed in such a way that they were not criticized. Um, but they had counted the cost of getting out of the boat. Right, the ele other 11, they had counted the cost. They knew the cost of getting out of the boat. And the cost of getting out of the boat could be embarrassment. Uh, it could be failure like what Peter experienced. It could be life-threatening. They had counted every cost of getting out of the boat. What they did not count was the cost of staying in the boat. And there was a cost to staying in the boat, wasn't there? Peter, because he got out of the boat, experienced a couple things that they never got to experience. 
What did Peter experience? Number one, he walked on water. What? Like he did that. He walked on water and maybe it wasn't for a long time but he was walking on water and Peter got to experience what it was like to attempt something that he knew he could not do on his own and then feel the joy of God empowering him to do what he could never do alone. And if you've ever done that, if you've ever stepped out of faith into a moment where you knew you did not have the skill set, you did not have the experience, you did not have the resources, you could not do this on your own. You knew when you stepped out in faith that this was going to take a miracle. And then God showed up and he empowered you to do what you couldn't do on your own. If you've ever experienced that, there's nothing like it. I have a handful of times in my life um, and I, I never want to go back to a life that I'm living that I know I could do all this on my own. I don't want to live that way. I'd much rather be out on the water trying things that I know I can't do on my own and feel the joy of God empowering me to do them. There's nothing like that. And I pray that for you guys that that will happen in your life. Peter got to experience that. You know what else Peter experienced? Peter experienced Jesus reaching down into the water, grabbing him by the hand and pulling him up. And I don't know if you've noticed it in the passage, but it says, when they got back into the boat, Meaning Jesus never left Peter's side. When he pulled him up out of that water, he took him back to the boat. And I think that is a beautiful moment. For the rest of Peter's life, he never had to doubt that when everything fell apart, Jesus would be there for him. That Jesus would be there for them. There are worse things than failure. Failure is not necessarily sinking in the waves. Failure is not getting out of the boat. That's failure. Look at these last couple of verses. Um, Verse uh, 32 says, And when they, that's the they part, so they go together. When they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. And then those who were in the boat worshipped him saying, Truly you are the Son of God. Here's the sixth uh, thing you got to know if you're going to be a water walker. And that is that God doesn't promise us that there won't be storms. He just promises us that he'll be with us in the storms. If you look through scripture, um, God doesn't promise us that we won't experience fear. He does not promise us that we won't experience adversity. He does not promise us that we will not experience storms in life. He just promises us that he will be with us in the midst of those storms. That he will be with us in the midst of the fear. And I don't know. I don't know what it is that God's prompting, what God's put on your heart. I don't know what step of faith he's asking you to make. Maybe it's a financial thing. Uh, maybe God's been like just prompting you to be more generous and that scares you like it just scares you because that's your boat that's your safety that's your security and God's just saying just trust me just take a simple step of faith just see if I don't show up in the midst of that storm maybe for some of you it's like a uh, it could be a relationship thing um, maybe God's been prompting you to forgive somebody that you've held a grudge against for a long time and that scares you to death because you, you wouldn't even know what to do without the bitterness and the resentment that you have, right? That's your boat. That grudge is your boat. That it actually makes you feel safe and secure that you're holding somebody else responsible for something they did for you. But if you were to forgive them and, and, and let them free, like what would you do? And God's been saying to you, just trust me. Just trust me in this. I got you. I got this. Forgive. Maybe it has to do with serving. Maybe it has to do with going on a mission trip. Maybe it has to do with getting baptized. I don't know what like the one simple step of faith that God's asking you to take today. All I know is this. One simple step of faith can change your life forever. 
Peter knew that better than anyone. So when Jesus said to Peter, Peter, step out in the water. Peter's like, you, you want me to like step out there? Yeah, come on, just step out here. He took that one step out of the boat. It changed his life forever. Peter knew about how one step would change you. In fact, there was another time that Peter was out fishing. It says he'd been fishing all night. Didn't catch a single fish, right? Jesus just shows up that morning. He's walking on the shore. He says, hey, Peter, why don't you throw the net on the other side of the boat? Peter's like, I'm a, like a professional fisherman. Like, I, I know how this works. There are no fish out here. We've been out here all night. Jesus is like, trust me. Just one step. Take the net. Throw it on the other side. Peter's like, all right throws it over there. Scripture says he caught more fish, like so many fish he couldn't even like pull the nets in. One simple step of faith and it changes everything. So I don't know what your step of faith is. Um, what I do know is this, that if you choose to leave the boat, if you step out there, there's going to be a storm. There's going to be adversity. There's going to be challenges and your faith is not going to be perfect. So you will sink. But when you do, there's two things that you've got to remember. The first is this. If you fail, Jesus will pick you up. He will pick you up. He will be by your side. He will not leave you in the midst of that storm. And the second thing you've got to remember is every once in a while, friends, you're going to walk on water. And God is going to do something miraculous through your life. Something that you could have never done on your own. And I pray that you get to experience that. Will you guys pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this day. Thank you for this church. What an amazing church. An amazing group of people. Um, God, this church is amazing. And it's making such an incredible impact. Because for years, for decades, there have been people that have been willing to get out of the boat. There have been people in this church who stepped out in faith and they've given generously so that these ministries could happen. There are people in this church who have stepped out in faith and they've served in an area where they weren't sure that they had enough skill set. There are people in this church who have stepped out in faith and they've went in on glo global mission trips to make an impact around the world. And what makes this place so special is full of people who over and over and over again have taken one simple step. And God, they watched you work in a miraculous way. So here we are again. And God, I know that there are a lot of people today who are clinging on to the side of that boat and they are scared to death. They're scared to death of that storm. And you're calling them right now in this moment to take one simple step. I pray whatever that is, that they'll take that step. Because inside of every human heart, there is this daily battle that's going on between fear and faith. And we have a choice. And our choice can be to choose faith over fear. God, would you fill us with that kind of courage? May we be a people that are a water-walking kind of people. God, we love you. We're thankful for you. We pray all of this in your precious name. Amen.